What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala, uh, a weekly podcast hosted by yours truly, Harish, and Terence Chia from Ministry of Funny. And this is the first podcast in three weeks that is just Terence and I. Yeah, I mean, uh, I wonder if people actually they're gonna tell us they miss having hosts or other guests. I don't think so. Uh. <laughs> All these influencer guests. <laughs> no, but, I mean, but the, the truth is, I, I think it was an interesting experiment because yeah. we are quite, um, we have good rapport with these, these three yeah. uh, that we brought on. And um, it was interesting to see them beyond just like, you know, acting like clowns as influencers and selling products, <laughs> actually having an opinion about certain serious topics. Wow, how classy like. are we? Uh, the first week we, we don't have them, we are shitting on them. No, but, I mean, you know, but the, some people told some we have got, gotten really good feedback so far, right? Yeah, I mean, okay, the the them that we haven't mentioned uh, for those of you who have been living under a rock, uh, we brought on uh, people, the three actors who acted with me and were directed by Terence in our latest TV show, uh, and they were Kitania Tan, Noah Yap, and Muna Bagre in that order. Yeah, and we just brought them on as guests, but it wasn't a guest centric podcast; it was just them joining us as we comment over the week's happenings. Uh. Yeah, so they actually had to delve into topics like PMDs being banned, yeah. people wearing Indian headdresses. Yeah, Chinese weddings. people wearing Chinese Indian headdresses. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Muna's one was about the Xiaxue incident. And Mr. Chan Chun Singh's Chan- leaked audio. Yeah, so so they, had, they had homework to do. Uh. They had homework to do and yeah. I, I wonder, I, I think if anyone has listened to all three, you could let, just DM us and let us know the individual scores you yeah, give to them. <laughs> if you had, If you had to be stuck on an island with, with one of them, uh, two, Terrence and I are given uh, we'll be there but if you had to pick one of them to be stuck or like to hear their voices for 24 hours who would you pick uh? yeah who would you pick uh, wow, <laughs> I would say I mean dep- let, let our listeners answer first uh, then maybe depending on how they respond we answer next week oh, okay okay yeah. yeah how to how to how to answer okay, that but yeah. just from the quality of the voice and, and, and everything uh. um I would say, I mean, I would say in terms of the, the discussions, right? I yeah. think Muna's one was interesting, particularly because the second topic that we were talking about, uh, society's perceptions of beauty and all that, is something yeah. that she had quite a lot to share la, from yeah, her yeah, personal yeah. experience. Yeah. So I thought that was, that was something that I myself found enlightening. Mm. I thought Noah's voice is like, wow. You know, like ASMR, you feel that tingle. Oh. <laughs> Noah's voice uh, gives me that kind of feeling. There's nothing erotic. The husky uh, voice. Uh. Nothing erotic. It's just like, it's just some something in his voice uh, that, cuckoo bird. Uh, that, <laughs> you know, there's something it, about it. It's uh. the husky our boy's voice. Uh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you, can, you can grow up, but you'll never outgrow our boys. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you will forever be an our boys. Our boys. So, so this week is still uh, regular programming. Uh, yeah. We'll be talking about two main things. Yeah. The yeah. first of which is... Actually, uh, I think the, the first of which is the only other news story besides uh, COVID-19. Yeah, is it a right breath now. of fresh air? It, it is <laughs> kind of fresh, but I also smells bad at the same for, time. For Singaporeans, yeah, it, exactly that. It's like a breath of fresh air, but it smells bad because it doesn't impact us directly yet. Yeah. It probably will, but at this point, it's just like, ooh, what is that stench? What yeah. is an interesting stench that you can't decide whether it's a nice smell or a bad smell. And we're talking about a wind coming from the north. The north. Yeah, the wind <laughs> of the north, north from Mahathir and friends. Basically, <laughs> yeah, the political situation in Malaysia. What which the is, fuck is going on there, man? Which is fucked up beyond all... I mean, even as we were reading this, like, what, barely an hour or two hours ago, there was the latest update. Mm, mm, mm. But, okay, because b- before maybe before we go into the update, let, let's just talk 
in our own layman terms what we understand. Because uh, yeah. I've been trying to wrap my head around it and it's fucking confusing, man. I think yeah. it also doesn't help that their political system is slightly dif- different from yeah. ours. Although we had the same colonial masters. Yeah, we had the same colonial masters. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. And, and the, 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 interest, the funny thing was that uh, the, one of the reasons I thought this might be a good topic when we first were discussing what topics to do was because I was uh, demonstrating to my, I was trying to explain to my wife what the whole situation was. Mm. And then she, I didn't realize, but she was taking, she took her phone out and started doing an Instagram story of me, like using my hands and she oh, was it? talking about it and she posted about it. Then she got messages from her friend saying, hey, hey, hey ask your husband, explain to me also. Like. So, did, I mean, she recorded the audio also? La? No, no, no. She was just saying that Terrence trying to explain the intricate oh. politics behind it. Then I realized, oh yeah, actually, a lot of people probably hear that there's something going on. But but they don't really they either don't have time or they they just not very sure what's going on uh, and they want like a quick one on one of everything. I guess what made me open to this discussion as a podcast was also two days ago I saw you doing that same hand waving thing to our producer Jordan. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I happened to be plugged in, listen to some listening to some music, and I was like, hey, what did I miss? Because I mean, I know shit is happening, but god damn it, man, it's like yeah. so much to digest. That is one of those things that you know when you don't talk to someone for a long time then you feel like if you ask them, oh, how's things? You're going to have to catch up on so much. Yeah. And the longer you wait, the harder it is to talk and then you just stop talking to your friends. Yeah. For me, this has been my relationship with this topic. Uh. With Malaysia. With Malaysia. <laughs> with Malaysia in general. Uh. No, okay, so the context, you have, you have family in Malaysia. Yeah, right? so my mom was born in Malaysia and she has like a bunch of siblings in Malaysia and they married a bunch of other people who also have a bunch of siblings in Malaysia. So my family in Malaysia is quite big. Like, and I and I just went there two weeks ago. Oh, and, and I've been going there like every year a couple of times for since I was young. Like. So you have, do you have, do you feel you have a very good handle of... I mean, what, I have WhatsApp groups, dude, yeah, of yeah. families from KL. So I'm, I got I got ears and eyes on the ground. Like. So you kind of got, you got, you're on the ground, like you hear what's going on on the ground. Yeah, I hear what, and I was talking to my uncle uh, two weeks ago when I was back in KL. So, so they have their thoughts. I have some thoughts, but maybe we just give a brief overview of what has been going down since last Saturday, like 22nd yeah. Feb. I mean, but I also just want to state uh, category, categorically that I am not an expert on Malaysia politics. We are never an expert on anything we talk <laughs> <Yeah>. about. <laughs> we always caveat the start <laughs> yeah. of podcast. If you are thinking that we are experts at anything, then yeah. you are... Then I think yeah, there are many other one. podcasts that, that are worth listening to. Uh. We have yeah, spoken, yeah. we have clarified that we are not immunologists when talking about coronavirus. Yeah. We have spoken about, we are not anthropologists when talking about racism. Yeah. But, but, but this one is... If you enjoy watching like shows like Game of Thrones, yeah, or or, or West West Wing or or uh, what, House, House of, of Cards, Cards yeah. that kind of thing, you should really be interested in this. So like, I can see Terrence like gleaming side to side already. Yeah, yeah. yeah this so, is, uh, so, so okay, exciting. since you have explained it to at least two people, yeah. can you kickstart the ball rolling? Because I'm still wrapping my head around stuff, and I think I have an understanding. But maybe since you have already been had practice, okay, right? Good. Yeah, yeah. I, I realize that there are certain things that Singaporeans don't realize about yeah. Malaysia that yeah. we need to clarify up front before we talk about anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think the first thing is that like I think what you mentioned already, Singapore's politi- political system is very different from Malaysia's. Yeah. Where in Singapore, the party politics is the main thing where when you vote for someone, you are voting for a party to get into power. So if that, that it happens that your the person you voted, he, been, he is ousted because of a scandal in Singapore or something, uh, the party still holds the seat. And then they will choose the leader. Yeah, they choose the leader. Whereas in Malaysia, you vote for a person and if the person decides to switch to another party halfway, you basically, he basically switches party. Ah, and oh, is it? it? Yeah. So that's the, that's the crux of why, why it's, a, it's a very big deal what they're doing. Lah, and why oh, it will not happen that? in Singapore. Yeah. 
So, so even if he have, so, so basically in Malaysia, you literally are voting for your leader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas in Singapore, you are voting for the party. party. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. in the US, you are also voting. So in the US, it's different because you only have two political. More, more or less. Two, like, yeah. two no, actually you have more, more. La, but you have two big ones. Yeah. La, and then they will ultimately decide on one and then it's a head to head. Yeah, yeah, correct. Oh. So that's my understanding from what Kelvin Ching posted. So uh-huh. if it's wrong, please go go and go to his Facebook and scroll him. Don't scroll us. So so but because he's explaining why this we will never see this in Singapore. Right. And so so that's one of the, the first things that we will mm. we have to establish why Singapore's different from Malaysia. So that means if that's the case, that means if Mahathir decided to, you know what, fuck it, I'm just gonna go to the other political party. Yeah you as a voter would have to then switch parties just because the person you voted for in power switched parties. Yeah, yeah. That's my layman understanding. Okay, okay. We assume that's correct. If you know if you know better yeah. and you we are fucking wrong, then we will talk to you next week. Uh. But but this <laughs> makes this makes it more fun. Yeah, it makes know. it more fun, yeah. So the, the second <laughs> thing I think um because a lot of people probably uh our listeners if you're younger or you, you didn't you didn't read newspaper twenty years ago um, basically, Mahathir and Anwar have a have had a very long relationship, lah. Mm-hmm. Can you give a quick rundown of what the relationship was like twenty years ago? You know, uh, I mean, I don't know how what they they were political peers. I don't know whether they were opposite. They were opposition, lah. No, uh, no, they were. They were. I mean, I'm no. They were. I'm no. Oh, they were both. Basically, Amno. Mahathir was prime minister. Yeah, and then uh, Anwar at that point of time, like in the 80s, was like a rising superstar. Yeah, and so he Mahathir brought in Anwar to be the deputy prime minister. Uh huh. Uh, and it was widely seen that Anwar would take over Mahathir at some point. Uh huh. But somewhere along the way, around 1997, when there was an Asian financial crisis, they fell out, and then Mahathir sacked Anwar. Uh huh. But in Malaysia. Stuff doesn't end with just, you just being sacked, nah, you yeah. know. <laughs> like so, after that, the Anwar faced a whole barrage of like uh, accusations of sodomy. Yeah. For some reason, sodomy is like I mean, sodomy is a huge crime in in uh, Malaysia. In Malaysia. So yeah. so it's often used as a to to. I mean, I, I don't. I wouldn't say used, but it's it's a political tool. Yeah, potentially, potentially, a potentially tool, it can be used as a political tool yeah. to to destroy the image of your your opponents. And I guess because, I mean, Malaysia is a majority, like, Muslim. Islam is the biggest religion yeah, there, right? Yeah. And I know in Islamic law, in Shari- not all states in Malaysia are governed by Sharia law, yeah. but basically, sodomy is a big no-no. La. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a big no-no. It's a big uh, no-no. Yeah, so, uh, Anwar had battled that for 20 over years. He went to jail, right? He went to jail and, and, and he was in really ill health in jail. He got beaten up by the police yeah. while under custody, stuff like that. This All this, all this happened like 20 years ago. And since then, he's been fighting as part of opposition to topple firstly Mahathir and then subsequently the the the, the next few, the next couple of prime ministers. Yeah. And then finally in 2018, because Najib Razak, the last prime minister of Malaysia, was the most apparently uh, seen as the most corrupt prime minister Malaysia has ever had. So yeah. everyone was like, okay, we got this, we got to get this fucker out of here. So even Mahathir and Anwar got together on the same page and they, and they made promises to each other. They made promises to the electorate that, uh, you know, if, if you vote this whole coalition in together, we'll topple Najib and we'll do all these things for you. Yeah. And one of that included Mahathir handing over power 
to Anwar. Within two years. Yeah, because yeah. Anwar had a big base of support. And then Anwar also that. got a pardon from prison. So he was still in prison. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I think he came out yeah. and then he went back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that was the promise. one of the promises of the election yeah, was that. A political pardon yeah, like, or Anwar prime ministerial pardon. pardon to come out from jail. Yeah. So basically, Mater, it was almost like an Avengers thing. Because uh, yeah. I remember two years ago, fuck, it was crazy. Like Najib was like a just... Like it was so mind-boggling that he was so fucked up and corrupt that he could, that and that he was still in power. Then Mahathir, who was ninety-two at the time, yeah, ninety-two years old, he became the he, oldest yeah. sitting prime minister, I think, yeah. in the world. Head of state, uh, yeah, uh, head of state. So then, then it was fucking ridiculous because I mean, we grew up in the time where, un- like, the whole Soromi thing was so ridiculous, and you knew Mahathir was someone you don't fuck around with yeah. uh, because he's a genius politician. Uh, he's almost like Lee Kuan Yew level. Uh. Yeah, I think that's why they were they were they were they were. They were good political uh, enemies because they could match each other. Yeah, yeah. Then, I think in 2018, a lot of our younger friends in KL were posting, oh, you know, Martyr is going to save the country and all. Yeah. But all my relatives in KL were like, um, wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's good. He's, he's probably better than Najib. Yeah. But you have no idea what the fuck he's done in the past, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. So it was interesting to see that. La. And then now, with, like this past week, is like, oh shit, this guy yeah. is a political wizard. La. Yeah. So, so, yeah, the main thing is that the relationship has has had its ups and downs. His yeah. the public perception of both An- uh, Anwar and Mahathir have had their ups and downs as well. Yeah. Uh, so it's been a very long coming to this to this point this last seven days la, Yeah. Which which when the shit shit started to hit the fan la. Okay. So yeah. so that's the backstory. Yeah. That's, that's the right. that's the first act. Yeah. That's what you need to know. <laughs> yeah, to, that's to what understand. you need to know. Yeah. Okay. Then uh, Doctor Political uh, Terence, please <laughs> carry on. No. So yeah. So basically, right now Malaysia is. Or at least a week ago, it was formed of a, the government was formed of a very uh, loosely held together coalition mm. that was meant to be like a multiracial representation of what Malaysia was la, which is the you know is the the beautiful image of what you think of one Malaysia and everything, and Mahathir was seen as the figurehead of that that mm. whole thing, uh, and then Anwar was in in charge of one of the parties the in PKR. that coalition they called yeah. the PKR yeah, and he had under under him a deputy president of the party Azmin. Mm. Uh, we can go into his own his own story later la. but basically Azmin wasn't um, apparently hasn't been particularly happy with uh, Anwar for a while and has mm. been thinking of how to push him out of the picture and so what Azmin uh, quietly started to do last week was to or at least he's been doing for a while is to start try to try and um, st- try to throw together a coalition mm. of parties that exclude Anwar, but with with um, exclude Anwar and exclude other other parties that they they don't particularly like within the four within the four and still have Mahathir as the prime minister. So essentially, it's like almost like having a own self coup, own self lah, own mm. self coup data own self, yeah. where they would get members of the opposition that were voted out in the last election to come in to form a coalition together. With with and then still have Mahathir at, at the top, so we're talking about Mahathir overthrowing his own government to have another round of another uh, round of people inside lah. Oh, so that's why they, there was labels of backdoor government lah. Backdoor right? government. So yeah. so if I can uh, reiterate based on what I've been reading, also the yeah. four the, there was the there's the Pakatan Harapan lah, yeah. which is Mahathir's party, yeah. Mahathir's coalition party yeah. that was made up of the PKR, the DAP, yeah. the PAN and uh, Bersatu, which yeah. is the PBPM led by Mahathir. Yeah. 
I think, yeah. Okay, so basically, Mate is one of the leader of one of the four, and he's the ultimate leader, lah. Yeah. And right. Anwar is a leader of one of the four, with Azmin as his second yeah. in command. Yeah. So based on what you were saying, that if they were to kind of kick out the different aspects and then form this new thing, as long as Mate is the lead, the 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 the, the citizen will have to be fuck it, lah. Yeah, yeah. It'll be this, like, this is the political party. Okay, yeah. oh, okay. Let's oh. say you get into a coma. <laughs> <laughs> like for the last week and then you woke up and you're like hey Prime, Prime Minister still Mahathir like nothing changed but actually the whole government has changed because they've taken members of opposition and put them in place of current members of the government uh. Uh. so, so it, it's all very uh, it, it's very intricate and it's actually a very delicate balance because the majority that this party this coalition had a week ago was very very slim so right so the moment that Asmin said okay I'm going to I'm going to pull out of my own party. Asmin is a betrayer. He's, uh. the, he's the, the Judas, I know. Uh-huh. So he's the one that, uh, he, he said, I'm going to pull out my own party, pull 10, 10 of my own, or 11 of my own colleagues with me. Uh-huh. And then we are going to talk to the opposition and try to come. And the opposition in. is Amno, which yes, was yes. the party that this Pakatan Harapan. Yeah. So based on what you were saying just now, in the previous election, there was Amno, this big ass party. Yeah, yeah. And there was a, a cluster of all these other smaller fucks. Yeah. Like, then Mahathir came together and Nick Furyed everyone together into this exactly. Avengers yeah. Megatron kind of thing to beat Amno. Yeah. So yeah. what Azmin was trying to do was pull in people from Amno yeah. uh, so that uh, I think there's something about the percentage also, right? Yeah, like yeah. Just upping the percentage yeah. of people to yeah. to still maintain the government control. Yeah, correct, correct. So yeah, you just need a simple majority. Yeah. I, I'm trying not to go too much into the exact names of each party and the numbers because that's when it gets... Like super yeah, all the fucking acronyms. Yeah. If you think Singapore got yeah. acronyms, this one is like PKR, yeah. DAP, UMNO. Exactly. So, so, so basically, Azmin, he just wanted to round a group of like disgruntled uh, people. And then after that, bring all them together under... So he, he organized what was a unity dinner in support of Mahathir at Sheraton Hotel on a Friday. Then he invited Mahathir to come. And Mahathir declined the invitation. And, this, and so this was like... Imagine your WhatsApp group, is it? Yeah, you're, you're trying to you're trying to have a meeting. <laughs> Mate to talk left about. the chat. Yeah, this is a coup d'état that we want to we want to put together, and the leader doesn't decides not to show up, And then you're like, eh, what the fuck is going on? Okay, that's fine. They still went ahead to go and pitch this concept of this coup to the to the king in Malaysia. The agong, right? the agong, the agong. <laughs> and then after that, people so the words started going around like, eh, something's going on, something's going on. Anwar was like, okay, I, I think I'm going to get, I think I'm being betrayed. He literally said that. Like, mm. And then people, uh, I think perception on the ground was that Mahathir was, was doing this thing himself. But the truth is, Mahathir wasn't at the dinner. So everyone over the weekend every, was going crazy on WhatsApp and all. Because I was, I was even messaging my Malaysia friends asking, what the hell is Mahathir thinking? Uh? Yeah. Then later, Mahathir actually talks to Anwar one on one. And then they come out and both seem pretty happy. And mm. Anwar says, you know, just wait and see what happens. Lah. And then Mahathir goes to see the Agong, the king, and suddenly submits his resignation, saying that uh, saying that I, I don't support this coup that they are putting together and I don't want to be associated with anyone from unknown if they're kind of going to be part of my party. Mm-hmm. So I'm submitting my resignation because uh, that's, I, I, I don't want to be associated with that. Lah. Yeah. And then the king says, okay, accept your resignation, but now we need to figure out what to do, so I appoint you back as interim, interim. prime minister. <laughs> and then everyone's like, okay, uh, what happens from here? Lah? And then the king says, I'm going to interview every single MP and see who has the real support to become prime minister. 
And uh, the last we checked, the king decided that he doesn't know. Was <laughs> <laughs> it? Yeah. Because when I when I read that, like there are two hundred and twenty ish ministers, yeah. and he was going to talk to one because I think one of the clauses is that basically now the king is the is the yeah. ultimate master, he's The kingmaker. He's, he's really the kingmaker. Like I was surprised by how much power he still has because yeah. I always thought it was a ceremonial thing. No, no. no uh, yeah. But but I think well, what I understand is that he can basically he can decide. If he wants, if he thinks everyone is fucked, let's have a new election. He can, yeah, he yeah. can say, okay, I I believe Martyr can get the support of the majority and decide. You know what, uh, Martyr will be PM. Yeah. Uh, or or yeah. So I was surprised that he has that much leeway, la. And then I also read that by right, I think the interim prime minister can only stay interim between one to ten days. But yeah. then some legal big shot came yeah. out and said, no, it's actually indefinite. Yeah. So, so and, strange, the, yeah. the, and the Pakatan Harapan or the, the basically the government has now been dissolved, right? Yes, it's been dissolved. So Mahathir now has yeah. the fucking ability to, to choose yeah. who he wants, lah. Yeah, but the government has been dissolved. But those the 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 elements that used to make up the government, most of them, most nah. of them, are now still saying that oh, we still want Anwar to be prime minister, and then now it's the opposition who's saying that oh, actually, the opposition was saying oh, we want one third Mahathir to be prime minister. Yeah. But now the opposition, like after seeing how Mahathir has thrown his thrown in resignation letter and is trying to do something himself, they say, "Oh, we don't want Mahathir as prime minister." So every it's a, it's very strange because um, on one uh, initially what you had was both the current government and the opposition saying they wanted Mahathir as prime minister. Yeah. Then after he resigned and he is now interim prime minister, and suddenly opposition say, "Oh no, we don't want him as prime minister. We want fresh elections." And then the other, the other, the current government, the smaller core of the current government is saying they want someone else as prime minister. But then where does Anwar fit into all this? Because I think mm. some of the rumors about why Mahathir was assumed to be behind this coup yeah. is because there was talk that he didn't want to hand over to Anwar. Yeah, yeah. So by doing this, uh, in air quotes, backdoor government, he would have a new government that wouldn't impose yeah. the the timeline of him to hand over Anwar. Because that was one of the things, right? He was yeah. being pressured by. The Pakatan Harapan, okay, when are you going to hand over to Anwar? When are you going to hand over to Anwar? Yeah. Right? So, yeah. in based on what you just said, with all the current government opposition, then Anwar, where does he fit? Anwar basically has, I think, the the people who support him still are still very loyal to him. Yeah. They're not budging from wanting him to be Prime Minister. It's those The DAP, which is a Chinese-led uh, party, mm. they also, you know, they want Anwar to be Prime Minister to, to a bit more progressive and not as uh, supposedly not as corrupt as, mm. as previous prime ministers are. Um, so I think he still gets like he maybe he's like ninety seats out of the out of the two hundred plus two hundred plus that they have in the parliament. Mm. So there's still not a majority, but at least it's a sort of a more uni- unified majority la. But but the unified number. But Mahathir, he is asking for MPs to either leave your party, you know, because he doesn't want to be associated with AMNO. So he says, leave your party, support, but support me as your prime oh, minister. Yeah. Then you have a place in my cabinet. So not come as an AMNO oh, minister, yeah, yeah. but just like yeah. let go of AMNO and yeah. come as an individual. So he's, he's encouraging them to step out of their own parties, you know, uh, go vote against party line, whatever. And, and a lot of people are saying that he's using that to basically uh, stay in power. Because the moment he quit as Prime Minister, he, he was no longer beholden to giving up his Prime Ministership for to Anwar as part of the election mm-hmm. promises. Uh. So it's just... Because now if he gets elected in, he'll be yeah. like, yeah, I got elected yeah. through a meritocratic... Yeah, uh, fair uh, square. Yeah. So it, it's, it's quite hard for us to do this podcast because we know within 24 hours shit will change. And the last update we had two hours ago 
was that um, the king couldn't decide who to who to who really had the support. So he wanted parliament to sit and, and decide on it. But now who is in parliament? Just the ministers who have not Just, been sacked. Because yeah, that Azmin yeah. guy has been sacked, right? Uh, he's been sacked from his party. But he's still a minister. He's still a minister. Hold on. Yeah. And so, he... Yeah, they want parliament. They wanted... Mahathir wanted parliament to sit and decide. But one hour ago, I think the parliament rejected his request. And one hour ago now, it is 4.45pm yeah, on yeah, Friday. Yeah, so, saying that it has to... This order has to come from the king and not from Mahathir. So it's like... <laughs> I don't know what the hell is going on. Who's supposed to be in charge of the country now? But, but it's... <laughs> Yeah, they re- there's really Some no boss. one thing you said about Azmin, that guy, he, his own history is that last year, there was uh, some leaked sex tapes uh, showing two gay men yeah. having sex and yeah. he was uh, accused of being accused one of them. Of them yeah. And then there was this whole talk of whether it's deep fakes or whether it's real. It's yeah. still not clear whether it's real or not, but that caused enough controversy yeah. to go international. Yeah. So it almost seems like in, in Malaysia, if you want to take down your political opponent, just use some element of sex. Uh, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's not cool. Uh. Yeah. And the crazy thing is that the the Mahathir, I think um, right now I feel uh, in my in from what I'm seeing, like, it seems like he's operating almost like a lone ranger. Mm. He doesn't have any party support from his own party, other but he has the broad support from like uh, if people see if he remains as prime minister, I think people in parliament still generally. Okay. What about the the national sentiment? That's the thing, uh, I think the maybe you can speak better to this. Yeah. When I talk to my Malaysian friends, ask them about it, they seem like they are resigned to Malaysia politics being so messy. Yeah. Right? Even even so, like two weeks ago, this was be- before this whole shit storm. Uh, yeah. Uh, I was talking to my relatives there, and I was asking them, you know, like coming from Singapore Airport to KL Airport, it feels like you're going from like a country that okay is aware of coronavirus, yeah. is aware of the threat to a country that does not give a yeah. fuck. Because <laughs> you go to KL Airport, everything is normal. Yeah. You see once in a while some bottle of hand sanitizer there, but yeah. it's almost like, okay, you want to use, use. Like, if you don't want to yeah, use, yeah. don't use. So then I asked my, my uncle, so what, what is the reason? Uh? He said, you look at our fucking political landscape. Yeah. Like, it's causing so much problems. What is coronavirus? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that was, that was before this shit storm. Like. Yeah. So, and I mean, just looking at WhatsApp groups, which is purely anecdotal, I do not, I do not cite it as a good resource as well, given yeah. all the shit that people share in WhatsApp. But generally, the sentiment also feels like, okay, this is yet another day in Malaysia. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just another political obs- uh, uh, obstacle to overcome. La. But you think it's because they have seen so much of this, like, power grabbing between the individuals and all. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, even, okay, even for, for me, and, and I've only recently gotten more interested in politics, but even yeah. then, this took me a, a, a dedicated amount of time to read up and understand. Um, even I'm aware of all the shenanigans that go on with Malaysia politics. Uh, yeah. And this has been over the past few years, man. Since, yeah. I mean, since the 90s, when you see all that sodomy cases against Anwar, it's almost been a never-ending is an almost non-stop right? then you get the even the public becoming more vocal with the Bursay 1.0 yeah. and 2.0 rallies yeah. so I think it's it's something that Singaporeans maybe are not very used to yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. the fact that oh shit it's not going to just be the same party in power yeah. uh, with our biggest concerns being oh what the next budget announcement is <laughs> how big is the National Day celebration yeah, yeah. in Malaysia it's, it's, it's really like fuck you could have who a, is the Prime Minister who the fuck <laughs> is the Prime Minister yeah? Yeah. and like who is doing what what is happening where who is taking what who's getting fucked over who's yeah. literally getting fucked and like it's just it's crazy like. yeah. I think for me a very interesting primer on how messy the situation is in Malaysia was uh, reading Billion Dollar Whale the mm. book about Jolo 
uh, that I think is going to be made into a TV yeah. series or movie. movie yeah. Because it just really showed you that that Malaysia almost became like in the last like I think 10, 10 20 years, almost became like the, the whole financial system, everything became like this playground for for the elite to mm. like really just do whatever the hell they wanted. La. And 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 there were really no there was the stuff was literally just like explained away by like producing a letter from somebody saying that oh this is not this is not a money stolen, this is a loan from whoever. So so that was the that's the kind of thing that people are so used to already. So if you ask me, is it very sad that Malaysians are might not might be quite apathetic about it? I would say they're just like it's almost like learned helplessness. You know that concept of the dog, the dog who gets electrocuted yeah. to the point he's like, okay, I just yeah. lie on the floor and whimper. No, but conversely, you know, using yeah. you're using the word helplessness, right? Yeah. One illuminating thing that my uncle brought up is that that when I went to KL, it was a few a week after. Singaporeans lost their minds and started hoarding at, oh, at, yeah, yeah. at supermarkets. Uh. So one thing that I found very interesting was he said he actually looked at it in a way that was not so much oh we are we are we are fucked la. we are we are slaves to these shenanigans. He said yeah. the thing about Malaysia is they've always had the shit and mm. they've always found a way out. Yeah. So it's not so much they are resigned helplessly. Uh. They're almost like okay, this is another thing that we have to overcome, but we yeah. will overcome it, like, yeah. Which I found very illuminating, and yeah. which I also feel that you know, like what we're saying. Oh, you know, Malaysian politics is is crazy. But if you look around the world, right, the anomaly is not in terms of politics. Mm. Like, it's not Malaysia, no. It's Singapore. Singapore, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's almost like we are living in this little bubble where nothing yeah. happens. But if you go to any other fucking country. That is the way politics works. Yeah. And you could argue that maybe that is one of the reasons why Singaporeans are so so angsty over the littlest thing. Uh. We yeah. don't have natural disasters to worry about. We don't have political turmoil. We don't have civil mm. unrest, or at least not yet. And every little thing, fuck, end of the world, we need to go buy toilet paper. Yeah. Whereas in Malaysia, they're like, fuck, la, coronavirus, yeah, yeah, this yeah. political... And there's almost a certain... El- it's not learned helplessness. It almost feels like it's learned toughness. Mm-hmm. Which I found quite interesting. Yeah. Because if you imagine this kind of thing happened in Singapore, it would be like Doscon red. Yeah. People would be fucking buying all this shit. They're like, we don't know who the Prime Minister is. We can't survive. What about no more, no more, what, uh, what's the, the, the handouts that we always get every year? The Pioneer Package, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. no more this, oh fuck. Yeah. We're so, so that's why I, I found it interesting and, yeah, it's just it's just another thing that Singaporeans never yeah. can take for granted, la. Yeah, maybe maybe the term shouldn't be learned helplessness, la. Maybe more along the lines of uh, learned apathy, yeah. Like they basically have zero trust in the institutions, yeah. to handle uh, issues like that, and um, to them it's like okay, la, If the institution is is so fucked up, it's just like that, law, and I got to deal with it. On yeah, you got to deal with it, la. Like life yeah. is life is life is hard. Fuck it, yeah, yeah. which is also you look in day to day, right? Haven't you heard the stories? I I don't know. I haven't I haven't experienced this or seen it, but I've heard from many people that when their Malaysian friends come to Singapore, you know, yeah. Singapore, you go food court, you leave your bag, you yeah. go buy your food. Correct. They're like, yo, what the fuck, man? Because yeah. it's almost like people from other countries, not just Malaysia. There's a general element of like you always have to be on guard yeah. uh. you yeah, always yeah, have yeah. to be this which you could argue is a good thing yeah. whereas Singaporeans were like oh my god yeah, I just yeah. leave my bag here with my laptop and everything inside to go buy food because no one will take it No, it reminds me a lot of like like, like when I was uh, uh, I studied abroad in France for a while yeah. and like every other week or every other every week there's be at least like a strike uh, yeah. the subway would shut down or something like that and uh and and literally there were times that I just had to oh no bus uh, okay I'll just walk like forty five minutes an hour to get home lah, and it's just like um when I ask people about it yeah it just had that 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 oh it's like that lah you know fuck you just yeah, deal with it lah. Yeah. Where's Singapore? Six minutes delay. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck man? Oh my god! Fucking end of the world. Yeah, 
Xia Sui, uh, as, yes, as, 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 yes. Yeah, so but but the other oh the other interesting thing that I also uncovered while talking to Malaysian friends was that you know we talk about the sodomy thing, right? And how yeah. it's like ridiculous and all. Apparently, like when I asked some Malaysians about it, they they respond to me like basically, uh, yeah lah, you know the sodomy thing is very it's quite normal for 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 people in power to have de- be a little depraved. And they, they will have someone on the side or, uh, you know, a guy will have a, a boy on the side and stuff like that. And they talk about it as if it's like they know someone who is doing it or, or what really. <laughs> so to us, again, we say, wow, that sort of meeting is crazy. <laughs> but to them, it's like, oh, you know, I've seen it happen. You know, it's normal. Yeah, it, it's totally possible that it happened. Yeah, I, I'm not oh, discounting. Shit, really, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was like, that also blew my mind up. <laughs> Singapore, like, minister got extramarital yeah. affair already. Fuck, get out! <laughs> Cannot be divorced. Cannot, <laughs> cannot be divorced. Cannot, this, cannot, that. cannot cannot spoil anything to do with the nuclear family, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Wow, so, it's like, so it's like we're, we're we're dealing with a very different environment, like Malaysia. Like yeah. you say, I learned tough toughness. Uh. Learn yeah. toughness. Whereas tough Singapore, <laughs> we are learned dependency. Just like what Chan Chun said said in his uh, leaked audio, like you know, just yeah. just trust the government. Yeah, government yeah. will take care of you. Yeah, yeah, they were yeah. like, okay, okay. Then we suckle on the government's nipple. <laughs> Whereas in Malaysia, you suckle on the government's nipple, you're fucked, man. Yeah, you need yeah. to find your milk somewhere, somewhere on your own. Yeah, so so you know, I mean, that's the the Malaysia oh. situation is messy. I maybe explaining this might not make it any clearer, but the point to know that is they have very different standards for for how messy their, their politics yeah. can be. La. Yeah, that's why right. like, yeah. like Chan Chun Singh's biggest uh, problem in the past two weeks was the leaked audio. Yeah. <laughs> Malaysia is like, wow, fuck. It's really leaked sex tape. Leaked sex tape. Got deep fakes and all yeah. that. Wow, it is crazy, man. Yeah. Crazy. Well, that's what's going up, not going on up north while we're, we're here talking yeah. about <laughs> coronavirus <laughs> and how to deal with global Which, pandemics. So I guess at the end of the discussion, yeah, like what you say, it's not coming together to a resolution, but it's also kind of in a very layman's way, trying to grapple with the whole thing. Because yeah, I yeah. think it's important that, that we all be aware of this kind of stuff. Because ultimately, I don't know, it, it like with most things that go international in terms of news, ultimately it will trickle down somehow. La. And it's also just bearing in mind how to make sense of what's happening in Singapore as well la, and the things we take for granted. Mm. But but yeah, if we've gotten any facts horribly wrong, yeah. please do DM us. We, yeah. We've been really appreciating the DMs that have been coming more and more uh, for our podcast. And we do try to respond uh, no matter how long your message. Normally, I think is uh, we'll, we'll respond in a, in a length that's similar to yours. So if you put in a lot of thought, write your thoughts, we will respond with our thoughts as well. Uh. Yeah. And, and we want to keep the discussion going. So if you have any thoughts of your own, please do let us know. Especially if you're Malaysian and, and you actually feel very strongly about yeah. this. And then we're like, oh, you're like, you're just like, oh, whatever, I don't <laughs> care. <you know? laughs> yeah. we, we don't want to do a disservice to all the efforts you're yeah. putting in. Also, like. It's just that, yeah, if we need to be re-educated, then please, please do let us know. Yeah. Give us our yala butt moment. Yeah. So, so uh, the, 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 the next thing we wanted to talk about was, uh, was an update on what was up till now the the biggest topic that's on everyone's mind. I guess it still is the bigger topic in Singapore. You I mean know the our TV show? She's a terrorist and I love her. Oh, I mean that was in the entertainment realm. Oh, <laughs> I see, I see. <laughs> Which, not to humble brag, we, it, we found out it's Hook's most watched series of 2020 so far. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah most yeah. watched series in... Uh, so, so before we go on, on to our next segment for coronavirus, we wanted to do a little, a little plug for our show. Yeah. Because today, Friday is actually the launch of the final and 
the eighth and final episode of the series. Yeah. So after this, you won't be getting new episodes going forward. Yeah. <coughs> but but that also means that right now you can binge the full show on Hook. Yeah. And and now that we finally have uh, a little more breathing room, because up till early this week, Terence and I were up to our necks in editing together with our post production team. But now we are done, and we are going to be focusing some efforts on giving the show a little boost now that it's out. Starting yeah. with some stuff on this podcast as well. Yeah, I, th- I think it, because we've not actually spoken that much about what is actually in the shows now. We've talked about the process quite a bit. You know, we're yeah. editing, we're doing this, we're doing that. We're working very hard. But the what is you know content of the show itself, the mm. literally the what what you see and what you hear from dialogue, that's something we haven't spoken that much about. Now. Yeah, because I mean, to to start off with, the show is about a guy who falls in love with a terrorist, and it's kind of like it's not a terrorism focused show; it's a rom com that just happens to be between a terrorist and a regular Singaporean dude. Yeah. But one thing that we are super proud of is that we made this for Hook, which is a OTT over the top platform, which means there's no censorship. And it's still a Singaporean show and we are kind of proud of what we managed to squeeze in for a TV show because everything you've heard so far about TV shows that come from Mediacorp, Toggle, they tend to be very censored and very sanitized and very watered down with accents that are neutral and not even singlishy at all. But we didn't have to worry about that. And I guess the best mm. way to, to, to display that is just by playing a little excerpt yeah. from episode one. So what you're going to hear now is a, a scene between Joe, which is a character that I play, and Hayden, a character that is played by Noah Yap, uh, and we are debating the the context of these two mysterious women who showed up, who happen to be the terrorists, but which the characters do not know are terrorists at this point. So here we go. They are wanted, dude. The Coast Guard, the immigrations, the whole of freaking Singapore is looking for them. They are illegal immigrants, what? The one we also know. But they swim into Singapore. Think about it, Aiden. Who was the last person to swim out of Singapore? Joseph schooling? No, so, so that's one of those scenes from uh, from the episode that always gets some laughs when we show it. Uh, that didn't have any vulgarities or anything, but we can assure you there's a fuck ton of vulgarities in the show. Not yeah. only because we wanted to just oh, fill it with vulgarities, but because we told some of our characters, uh, some of our actors who played like the biggest Bing gangsters in the world to just make it Make it as gangster and as bang as possible, and they just went loose with the with the vulgarities, like which we didn't have to censor, which is which is which is pretty cool. Yeah. So so every week for the next eight weeks or so, we'll be sharing one one little excerpt from the show. Uh, and if you follow us on Facebook and Instagram, we're gonna be posting a lot more behind the scenes, a lot more trailers, a lot more BTS uh, clips, and just stuff to help give the show a boost, like, Because we are super proud of it, mm. um, and we do want as many people to watch it, and hopefully get us a chance to make season two. La. So if you haven't watched it yet, you can watch the first three episodes free on Hook. Yeah. Uh, after which, you kind of need to pay a small monthly subscription, which is less than Netflix, Amazon, or HBO. I don't know whether it's less than Amazon, but it's definitely not as high as Netflix. Yeah, but if you want to a chance to win a subscription as well, we'll be running certain contests on our Instagram stories. Yeah. On our Instagram. Uh, so follow our Instagram page uh, where you might have a chance to win one year subscription to Hook. Yeah. Not just our show, but entirely to Hook for one whole year. For one whole year. Alright. So, and if you watch the show and, and, and like it, please do uh, like let us know as well or, or just tag us in your Insta stories and we'll respond as much as we can. Yeah, we actually want to see more people just like telling us their honest views about what yeah. they watched. Even if you think it sucks, just yeah. tell us. Yeah. 
Because we oh. are, this is the first show we've made and we want to make more, but we also want to learn as much as we can. La. Yeah. So, with that, we, we're not going to just end the podcast here. We still have one big topic to talk about. Yeah. I guess it's a big topic, but nothing specific. La. It's just an update on the whole coronavirus thing. Yeah, because I think every week when we do this podcast, uh, we, we're almost like on the verge of some big news elsewhere. La. Like, basically... Right now, coronavirus has hit every single continent of the world except Antarctica. And there are like, what, 40-plus countries? Yeah. I think it's up from 29 countries last yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, with certain countries showing, like, ridiculous rates of new cases. I think Italy yeah. and South Korea. Uh, at some point, Singapore was the one, the country with the highest number highest. of cases yeah. outside of China, yeah. right? Um, and then now we have slipped to, like, 10th. Yeah, it just sucks. Right? Yeah, that's <laughs> like, we can never, we can yeah, never, we can never be one. one. Yeah. But actually, I think the interesting thing we wanted to talk about was... Uh, how it feels like on the ground, uh, being yeah. in a you know a, a country hit by coronavirus. Because you might be listening from somewhere where the, you know coronavirus seems like an Asian thing. Yeah. You know, whereas like over here for us it's but it's almost settling into an everyday kind of pattern really. Yeah. yeah. I guess I guess it's interesting this time around. I mean there have been global pandemic ish stuff of diseases like SARS, swine flu, MERS, but this is the first time with the internet at yeah. it's at with being so so accessible to everyone. Yeah. And daily, my mom is just sending me videos of God knows who talking about what. Yeah. The latest rumor I heard is that there's 50,000 deaths in China oh, yeah, yeah. with people being cremated every day. Yeah. Uh, and it was presented by a group of four Caucasians from America. Yeah. And the source was this apparent Chinese billionaire living in exile in the US. Mm-hmm. So just because it had four Caucasians on a TV type show, my mom took it as truth. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which I find fucking ridiculous, but it's just scary how we could almost watch the spread of the disease. Because back in yeah. December and January, I think Singapore was one of the first countries to get confirmed cases. Yeah. And back then, I think the West didn't give a fuck. Like, yeah. no one was talking about it. But I just saw a video of the Congress in the US talking about it. Yeah. So it's just like, wow, it's, it's fucking crazy how it spread, man, both online and yeah. offline. Like, there's, there's, there's a lot of news out there, but maybe... To just to to make it more palatable for yeah. our audiences, maybe we uh, try to put some parameters on what we're going to talk about. Like so, like uh, if I were ask you lah, in the last week uh. or one two weeks since we last spoke about coronavirus, what are the biggest things that have changed for you that you have fucking observed? Fucking Red Mart la. like <laughs> Red Mart is an online grocery delivery service in Singapore, which is fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I'm a big fan of using them. And previously, you could order and get like get it in two days, sometimes even next day. Yep. Um, and depending on what you order, sometimes even same day. And now, up till a few days ago, it was like one week in advance. Yeah. And they have a disclaimer on their website like, saying they are coping with really high demand. I think it all spiked when uh, like a bunch of Singaporeans lost their cool and started hoarding stuff. Like. Yeah, yeah. Now it's getting back to normal, but that that has been like a, a big first world problem for me. Like. Yeah. For, yeah. Actually, for me, like I bought a uh, Valentine's Day gift for my wife oh, and it's, I, I, it's taking forever to arrive oh yeah yeah of course <laughs> of course the Quran fucking hell this is well, April it's if you're listening record, this record. is bullshit okay <laughs> it's just Terrence like finding an easy way out oh it's true it's true a lot of Chinese, Chinese you bought it from where you ordered from China is it no like, I, I guess it's made in China so uh-huh. so all the Chinese factories are not even open. Or at least uh, they're taking their own sweet time uh, fulfilling orders. I don't know if they're taking their own sweet time. Uh. I think they're closed. Uh. They're probably closed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, aside from that, like generally, 
it's it's one of those things that you think never affects you, but it will trickle on. Like I mean, for it's us, always, uh, right? I mean, yeah. technically, we are kind of freelancers, like, yeah. right? Or in the creative field, and yeah, things are slowing down. Yeah. Uh, we were supposed to have a screening for our show of uh, like that was gonna host up to like hundred people. That got cancelled. Yeah. Uh, and this is even without thinking about the dire consequences of people actually die dying. Like, thankfully, yeah. Singapore, no one has died yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's feels like it's only gonna get more and more, more and more. Apparently. Yeah. So I mean, for me, one of the big things is I realized like I can't get some of my favorite hawker food really. Uh, like I go to hawker centers. <laughs> I can't get my groceries. I can't get my favorite food. I go to hawker <laughs> centers and like all the stores that I usually eat from quite like at least I would say half of them are like shut shuttered. Then they haven't been open for the last two weeks. Uh. Uh-huh. My guess is the the owners of these places they're like, you know, we don't need to be working at this point. Yeah. Why take the risk? Anyway, anyway, there aren't as many customers as before. Why why take the risk and then open the store and earn less money? Yeah. So they just remain shuttered all the way. La. So I haven't had like my favorite carrot cake, la, my chendo, all this for the like, last few weeks. So so like I mean with regards to impact to yourself, like what, what sort of measures have you been taking? Eh? Uh trying to I mean staying away from large crowds uh-huh. as much as possible. Yeah. Uh I mean when but when it's I I still do go to like uh shopping malls or that but I really wash my hands very religiously now like. okay every time I come home I wash you know every time I go to the toilet if I find the toilet I'll just wash my hands as well mm-hmm. but uh, from what, what I've been hearing as well is that uh, wearing a mask could actually have the could be could be worse because like, a lot of times wearing a mask isn't very comfortable in a place like Singapore Yeah. so you end up touching your face a lot more than oh, you shit. normally would so this comes from a friend who like works in a pharmaceutical lah. So she has access to all these things, but she doesn't. She doesn't wear because she knows that uh, it might be counterproductive lah. Uh huh. So so one the advice she gave us was like, yeah, if you don't really don't need it, don't wear it because you end up touching your face much more when that when you have a mask on lah. And then like you 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 own two dogs. Has that yeah. changed anyway with regards to your your normal uh, dog related activities? Uh no, actually in fact I I think we try to walk the dogs and go out with them more uh-huh. and do stuff that doesn't require us to sit indoors. So that means know. even indoors, you like keep it more ventilated and all that. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. But I what mean, about... Sometimes sleeping without air conditioning, uh-huh. which is actually for... Is something I haven't done in years already, like <laughs> multiple days without <laughs> air conditioning. Yeah. Well, then what about your parents? Because for me, the biggest thing is between me and my brother, uh, and I mean, right now, uh, my, my dad is no longer uh, around, but my mom is. So the biggest concern is her well-being yeah. which I think is a valid concern between me and my brother we have very differing opinions on how to deal with this but I guess both of us are in agreement that okay our mom who's 69 and decently healthy but she has asthma so she she also kind of avo- avoids crowded places but part of me is like okay to what extent because I do think that on an individual basis yeah hygiene taking care of that and also keeping healthy which yeah. it means not being cooped up at home yeah. because psychologically I mean even metabolically all staying at home sometimes just gets you down and lethargic yeah. so just trying to grapple with that uh, is so, so like, you're saying you're saying she doesn't get as much exercise as she I mean she doesn't she's, she's afraid to leave the house okay. which I mean okay avoid crowded areas but even a simple walk uh, yeah. I think is a good thing but she's very apprehensive and what I feel is the problem now is people are sharing all this stupid shit on WhatsApp which makes people yeah. more scared yeah. and you know I mean I'm a big believer that your health ultimately is a reflection like your your mental state, your your psychology, uh, your just basically your perceptions of things also influences your well being. Yeah. And right now there's just this general fear on WhatsApp. 
Like the last thing she does before she sleeps is see what's on WhatsApp and all yeah. the stupid ass videos of God knows what all being shared and yeah, it just feels like that's doing no good at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I guess everyone has different levels of of like uh, whether you know whether they're willing to take risk adversity like, yeah, like yeah. they don't want to take risk and if that means staying at home and not seeing people yeah. that might be that thing la. but uh, what I've been trying to also tell uh, friends and family is that if you really want to be the safest from coronavirus right Singapore right now looks like the best fucking place to be man because like, just because of the measures and all just like. the measures taken the fact that we are super transparent about everything the whole process the fact that the first people who came the people who came from Wuhan the first few people who came from Wuhan and with the vi- and contracted the virus and all they are they also they are, a lot of them are now discharged as well mm. and I think we're just doing Singapore is just doing a pretty kick ass job in fighting the whole thing la. and 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 you know there there have been a lot of nice instances of People stepping up to donate money and volunteer uh, food and time to to the frontline workers as well. So I feel like yeah, if if even if you do contract it in Singapore, right, uh, barring any like underlying medical conditions you might have or what, right, you stand probably the best chance at in the world in in actually recovering from coronavirus uh, mm. compared to anywhere like even Japan, man. Even Japan, like like the the measures they're doing seem so haphazard. Yeah, and, and all I over think the now place. maybe they're. Picking up from based on pressure, la, but the initial yeah. stuff with the Diamond Cruise, they just yeah. fucking let the passengers out. Yeah, Wait, Diamond Cruise was Korea or Japan? Korea, Japan, Japan. Japan yeah. uh. They took them in on humanitarian grounds, but they never tested them properly. In fact, now I think they're not testing properly, and then there's even talk of cancelling the Olympics going forward and all. So, it's like, I mean, there's a lot of stuff being cancelled in Singapore, so, which mm. I think is a good precaution to take. But uh, the funny thing is, uh, I went to a concert last weekend with a uh, a Japanese composer, this old dude, la, like he he did all the Studio Ghibli uh, films, the yeah. music for those films. So he came and performed. So I was like, wow, not bad. Huh? He still dared to come to Singapore for coronavirus. Then someone reminded me, actually Japan, the situation is so much worse than Singapore. <laughs> I'd rather be in Singapore. <laughs> he probably stay on for a long time. He probably time, stay on here. Like, oh, even if I contracted, it's much safer in Singapore. That's why now, I mean, now I'm hearing estimates that as much as 60% of the global population will get the coronavirus at some yeah, point. Yeah. And the best way to think about it apparently is to Except that this is just gonna be one of the the fifth uh, flu virus that yeah. that is a is on a yearly cycle. What are the other four? Huh? Uh, I think there's the common flu. I don't know what the other three are. Oh, okay. uh, again, we are not immunologists or doctors yeah. or anything. Yeah. It's just based on stuff we've been reading on the internet from credible yeah. sources, yeah, yeah, from yeah. as credible a source as possible. But but that itself is somewhat enlightening, but somewhat scary. That fuck, this is just another thing. Yeah. Uh, that that is gonna that we're going to have to deal with. Like, and that's based, I guess, on the mortality rate, which is not as high as like MERS or SARS or, H- mm-hmm. or, or, or I don't know about H1N1, but not as high as SARS. So generally, I think the rule of thumb is if it's very high mortality, it is not as viral. Yeah. If it's less lower mortality, it is more viral. So this uh, coronavirus tends to skew towards the less lower mortality, but more viral. But mm. at the rate it's going, which is just, I mean... Now, apparently, in China, the numbers of new cases are falling, but I think every stat that comes out of China, you need to take with a pinch of salt. Yeah, yeah. But it feels like globally, it's just fucking increasing and increasing and increasing. So it might just be something that we all have to just to deal with, yeah. have to deal with that, okay, this is the way going forward. And I feel that a lot more Singaporeans seem to be uh, generally like, accepting that this is the reality. Because yeah. I'm I starting to see malls getting crowded again. Mm. Just now we went for lunch, it was very crowded. Yeah. 
Um, and, like, and not many people in masks. Yeah, not many surprisingly, people in masks. Surprisingly, yeah. yeah. More, fewer than like in the last few weeks. Yeah, uh. yeah. So, so it feels like life is going back a little bit to normal. Yeah. Except that uh, there was a case recently of a boy from Raffles Institution oh, yeah. who got it. So they're cancelling school for one day. To clean. To clean <laughs> yeah. the school. Thankfully, just one day, not the, Dude, like, no, for that's the rest why, of the semester. I mean, I, like, we were just talking about it over lunch also, right? That in Japan and Hong Kong, the treatment, and Taiwan also, the treatment towards schools is totally different. I also have yeah. family in Hong Kong. Yeah. And they they said that their school, their kids' schools are being closed till April and they're going crazy as parents. Because yeah. yeah. the kids are at home and... Yeah, it just feels like everything comes to a standstill, but in Singapore, it's just one day. Yeah, and then uh, I would say, you know, some you know those uh, frontline cleaners and everything will be working damn hard, lah. Yeah, and so so there's it's quite interesting now in Parliament. There are also calls to how do we compensate uh, these people in the front lines, like cleaners, security staff, and uh, people who really had to deal with the d- disease day to day. Yeah, how do we compensate and them better? Of people, yeah, because right uh, historically in Singapore their pay has not really reflected their importance to society and even more so now because they are so important. Their jobs are so important to keep us all safe. Like. Yeah. But we're still paying them, uh, I mean, relatively Because there was one wages. article that, that we also found out that I think it was talking about one-month bonuses for public nurses. Yeah, yeah. But like surprisingly, private hospitals are offering no such compensation Nothing, yeah. to nurses. I think yeah. I think the doctors, and don't quote me on this, the doctors might be, but the nurses are not, which blows my yeah. mind. Yeah. Like nurses are probably the most overworked uh, a vocation right now yeah. and it just is crazy la. and our government just announced that they will all take a one one month pay cut right yeah to and then for, so in for the people in the higher in the higher higher, higher I think salary MPs and I mean okay primarily yeah the, a lot of organizations not civil servants la. Uh, not civil not, servants yeah, but the government itself la, the MPs the, the ministers, parliament and all they'll take a one month pay cut in solidarity with everyone else and I think the suffering. sovereign fund Tomasik uh, uh, also yeah. said that bonuses will be capped and all yeah. that right yeah 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 Yeah, which I mean you could be cynical and say oh fuck them la, it's just one month salary but I think it's still a, it's a still good a, gesture yeah, la, it's a you gesture, know yeah. it's, 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 it's for, like the optics of it look, looks good it feels like okay everyone's feeling the pinch a bit yeah. some pinch is more powerful than the the rest. Yeah. So how are you gonna take a one month salary cut? Uh, yes, of course. From the from the from the numerous gigs <laughs> that numerous. numerous gigs that are coming away in the freelancer economy. Yeah, we've turned and down so many. We've turned no, down so many. And, and that is one thing unfortunate for the freelancer economy. I think that's that's becoming more and more apparent that it is a industry that's being hit quite badly. Yeah. And unlike corporate companies, there's really no security or or safety net la, yeah, which right. is a bit worrying la. And yeah. I mean, I've just been looking at some of my friends who are hosts. Uh, they've been posting on Facebook that yeah, they their gigs are taking a big hit because you're not having as many events la. Yeah, they're hearing like I think ninety ninety five percent of gigs getting cancelled. Really? Yeah. There's there's at least a CNA interview. They interviewed uh, a couple of uh, hosts and actors. Wow. Yeah I can totally imagine la, like D and Ds and and com- company events being cancelled. I mean. All the biggest conferences, trade shows, all these, they're being cancelled as well. Yeah, the scariest thing is the Olympics. Mm. Like, Tokyo having to cancel the Olympics. I mean, there's no way they can wait till a month before and decide because it's such a fucking monumental event, right? And I know the any country that hosts the Olympics, they spend billions of dollars, which they aim to recoup with the onslaught of tourism during the event. So if that's not happening, they're going to fucking have a big, big hole. Uh, And I think the International Olympic Committee also... They depend a lot on Olymp- on the broadcast rights. So yeah. if you're not going to get it, they are fucked as well. But actually, technically, this, isn't this the best time for stuff like live streaming and... Esports. Uh. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Esports is probably booming. No, uh. I mean, I mean, maybe not like, like esports, but literally 
like how they're doing for the Tokyo Marathon. They're only Which allowing, they're cancelling, uh, it is usually about 30 over 1,000 people run the Tokyo Marathon. Mm. So all these people are not allowed to run anymore. Only like a couple hundred elite runners are allowed mm. to compete for the Tokyo Marathon. Mm. And then they, they will live stream the whole thing lah. Oh, is it? So, so I'm thinking maybe the Olympics could do something similar. I know there was some talk about uh, doing satellite events like all around the world. Yeah. But then the point that, that was the, the counter argument is that the Olympics is one of those things that happens in 17 days. It's mm. so concentrated yeah. that spreading it up, it will feel more like a, a bunch of world championships as opposed to the Olympics. I true. think that's the romantic idea of the Olympics, the Olympic yeah. Village, all these athletes fucking each other in the Olympic yeah. Village. And... Having all the events clustered, it's almost it's really like an event, la. And you told, and you were telling me earlier that uh, when in history has the Olympics been cancelled? I think once during World War Two, uh-huh. which was also from Japan. Yeah. And there was another time I can't remember when. There were two times in the past, la. Mm. And if this happens, it'll be two out of the three would have been Japan, la. Yeah. So so, just just understanding what, how big this thing is in history yeah it uh, helps you appreciate how shit yeah, of a situation crazy. is and it's affecting everyone now like F&B outlets are getting fucked and that's trickling down into the salaries of the staff yeah. and it's just my god man it is and I don't think it's gonna stop anytime soon man yeah. so so I mean if you're staying at home you know do your bit by ordering in you know get the delivery get the delivery guys working and also subscribe to Hook so that you can watch <laughs> awesome TV shows like She's a Terrorist and still be entertained for like well, even while you're at home. La. I think it was X Hamster, the porn website, which give uh which is giving free access to X Hamster Premium in certain of the worst hit countries in Europe. Oh yeah, correct. Yeah, correct. which I mean you can't say it's, it's a, a good gesture, man. Yeah, it's 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 I know I've heard of some campaigns that done by outlets where they are offering the frontline staff discounts. And oh. the backlash they got like, yo, these frontline staff are fucking working their ass off. You want to offer them? Yeah, yeah. But people who are current quarantined at home who maybe yeah. don't have much else to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but of course, ex-hamster is not allowed in Singapore. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, some, now some VPN company will be making money. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> VPN. Uh. I mean, in times like this, uh, there'll be always be people who will, who will find some opportunity to, yeah. to, to capitalize. But uh. do it properly. Don't do it by yeah. selling masks at like a dollar per mask. You know, that, yes, yeah. Uh, that's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so that so that's, that was just a very update. general <laughs> update on coronavirus. Very anecdotal, not backed by any factual stuff, just personal experience. Because I, I feel like it's also, uh, you know, that we know that a lot of people listen to our podcast as a means of keeping in touch with what's yeah. going on in Singapore. And it's kind of uh, disingenuous if we just pretend like coronavirus is not there, which yeah. we, we've been doing for a few weeks. Like. Yeah. And, and now, like, like, if we just give a short little update about it every yeah. week, it Maybe might not be, be as comprehensive as this, but but a little bit every Because week, I know certain publications in Singapore, they now have a dedicated column for coronavirus updates. Maybe every week we just share like our yeah. our coronavirus experience from the past week. Eh? Yeah. Maybe by the time it, when when I get to eat carrot cake, there'll be like a next update. Like. Yeah, when my Redmart delivery comes <laughs> uh, the day the next day. Then you know it's over. Back to normal, bro. Back to normal. Yeah. We'll let we'll <laughs> let you all know. Yeah, but of course if if you guys have any interesting coronavirus stories. I'm sure there are movies and TV shows in the works already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. So, so yeah. So that that's it for the coronavirus update. Yeah. Now, in the in the lighter, light, most light-hearted part of our podcast. The one shook shook thing. One shook shook thing. Yeah, in honor of Chan Chun yeah. Singh, uh, <laughs> so we can be shook shook. If you don't yeah. know the context of that, you can listen to our podcast last week. Yeah. Uh, but yes, one shook thing for this week. 
Terence, would you like to begin? My one shock thing for the week is uh, the, a Netflix series, even though I, I think you should watch our show, but if you have time also, you can watch uh, Narcos. The season, the second season of Narcos Mexico is back. And it's just, I don't know, it's just something about it that just feels like every time I watch it, I feel like I'm going on a on a road trip down like the deserts of Wait, Texas so this is Narcos Mexico. Mexico, that means it's separate from the original Narcos the original three seasons of Narcos were Colombia. Oh. And now Narcos Mexico is in its sec- second season. So it's season. good. La. I mean, if you like crime, thriller, you know, drugs. Mm. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of sex, drugs and violence in the show. It's, it's a good watch. La, and character development. La. It just came out, is it? Uh, yeah, it just dropped. It's I think it's easily like... In the, it's in the top 10 trending... The top 10 most watched of Singapore on Netflix. Because you know, Netflix now shows... Uh, what are the top 10 in each country? Oh, no. Yeah, there's a, new, there's a new function they put oh, up. Oh, shit. So, um, in Singapore, it's always Korean, 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 Korean. And then suddenly, like, I think, I think it's Narcos right after that. So, oh, okay. so it's, it's, it's very fun. It's a fun watch. And it's... It's binge- bingeable also. Very bingeable. And it really feels like you're reuniting with characters that you've been but watching. But don't watch it with your mama. Don't watch it with your mama. Because a lot of sex, right? Uh, yeah, la, Singaporean mom is very hard. Singaporean la, mom's hard. Yeah. Drugs and sex. Cannot. Malaysian mums, anything goes. Uh. Malaysian mums? Yeah. God, sodomy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Malaysian mums love Game of Thrones. Uh. <laughs> okay, so my one shock thing of the week is this uh, story of this Singaporean couple who are Liverpool fans. So, I mean, uh. I I can't even say I'm a menu fan. I used to be a diehard menu fan, but my... My interest in soccer, in watching full game soccer matches has waned over the years. So I watch highlights now, but also because menu, it's just the past past few years have been have been shit. La. The term so, is called fair weather. Fair yeah, weather. yeah, I know, I know. I knew you were going to say that. But what about you who, when asked yesterday, are you a Liverpool fan? You said, yeah, for the past two years. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm a casual fan, a casual fan. Yeah, casual fan, my ass. <laughs> uh, so, so, I mean, but but I must say that even as a menu fan, uh, Liverpool right now, the team is fucking amazing. Uh. Yeah. But the, the culture of the fans also, like this story was this uh, Singaporean couple who had dreamed of going to watch a game at Anfield for years. Uh, and they got, they bought these two tickets for a game, Liverpool versus uh, West Ham uh, at Anfield on 24th February, uh, online by, uh, uh, through someone they got in touch with, which they thought was an official channel. They went there, they met him, they got the tickets, it looked legit, but only after they suspected something was off, they realized that at the serial number part of the ticket, Liverpool was spelled with three O's. And by right, and eventually, yeah, they found out it was fake. So they were distraught and like, they just fucking traveled all the way there and then they posted something in a Facebook group that they had already been messaging to find out the logistics called the Liverpool FC Social Supporters Clubs, which is yeah. uh, a Facebook group for fans. La. And one of the, I mean, his post went viral. Uh, one fan started a crowdfunding page oh, and they raised a three-digit amount. They got them tickets that also gave them uh, passes to the VIP lounge beforehand. And the whole message from the fans was like, okay, not all Liverpool fans like this. Yeah. We really are a community. And it was the, the whole, you'll never walk alone thing. Uh. Oh. Which is, uh, one of the the biggest uh, f- uh mottos of of Liverpool, from what I understand, you'll never yeah. walk alone. So I just thought that was a that was a that was a nice story. In amidst all the other shit that is yeah. going on in the world, uh, this was just something I was like, hmm, that's cool. I think in in Parliament this week in Singapore, oh yeah, one of the minister, uh, one of the members of Parliament also quoted the "You'll never walk alone." Yeah, see la, Liverpool. Yeah. Look at that man. Yeah, Liverpool. Mr. Yeah. Klopp, Mr. Klopp, Mr. Klopp, man. 
But yes, that is that is all we have for this week, guys. Yeah. So again, DM us. Let us know your thoughts about about uh, anything. Anything. And and yeah, really listen to the last couple of weeks. I, I'm we're quite serious about how you feel about you know each of those guests that we had on board, Because yeah. it's something we think about maybe doing more of, like yeah. more more regularly at least to have a guest come on board and. Just go through the week's topics with us. Uh. And and I guess one thing is that, I mean, now that we have a, a more, like I said, more breathing room to focus on the other aspects of MOF, which means kickstarting our YouTube and Facebook presence again to revive that, uh, we are also thinking of how to bring this podcast to more people because uh, we've been so heartened by the response so far and we've been getting a bunch of good suggestions from you guys. Some, some of our fans suggested having like a, a call-in with fans uh, during the podcast, which we are thinking about, but just sorting out the logistics of that uh, is something that we are already toying with. Another, another one recently suggested us starting a subreddit, mm. which I thought was a great idea because her whole point was that it's it's cool for, for her to interact with us directly, but she also would like to interact to other listeners of the podcast. And I did explore starting a, start, a subreddit, but we don't have our MOF. <laughs> our MOF yeah, we have no karma points, which is the thing on Reddit. I guess that's yeah. why the Reddit community is so magical. It kind of self-moderates itself. Like before you want to start something, uh, you need to have karma points, which what I understand you get from commenting and just having more discussions. Uh. But can't someone else start a subreddit? Maybe, maybe if, if anyone else can, and then somehow we be made the... Like we endorse it, I I I don't know. So or we have to be like moderators. Or I something. think so. See, see, we are both Reddit noobs. I've been yeah. slowly getting into Reddit more and more. I mean, I do occasionally. I've al- I've always occasionally visited it, but I know some people religiously use it as their source of news. Like. So if anyone is willing to kickstart the subreddit for Yalabat, uh, please ping us, DM us. Uh, hmm. if not, we'll force ourselves to participate in lively enlightening discussions to get karma points. Yeah, on, uh, top, of, on top of all the time that we're spending on TikTok. Yeah, TikTok. Yo, man, TikTok. Follow us on God knows where at TikTok.com. <laughs> no, we're kidding. We, <laughs> yeah, we don't TikTok. Have TikTok. God damn it. One by one, I've been seeing all our influencer friends get, get like sucked into the TikTok machine. Yeah. But like 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 the old dinosaurs that we are, we will, we will, we will hold off. Yeah. We'll hold off until there's a prime minister in Malaysia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which we don't know when, when yeah, that will happen. Right. So. Yeah. But, but yeah, that's all. That's all for this week. Uh, And we will talk to you next week. Adios.